1: Hello everybody, welcome today, and Happy New Year, I am here with the incredible Anna McNuff, author of Barefoot Britain, a story of running 2,352 miles, that's like 90 marathons across Britain, speaking, very importantly, speaking to brownie and girl guiding groups along the way, so welcome Anna, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Oh, pleasure.
1: Absolute pleasure. Always love chatting to you. Awesome. It's great to have you here and thank you so much because I know that you are quite far gone with twins at the moment so they could pop out anytime. any time. So, any moment. Fingers crossed but not in the next 45 minutes, eh? <laughs> Let's hope. It'd be exciting though, wouldn't it? That would be very exciting. We, we could talk you through it. <laughs> Absolutely. You could deliver
2: remotely, virtual delivery.
1: <laughs> Push! <laughs> love <it. laughs> it's fantastic. Well, um thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely adore this book. I I loved your first well, your first running ebook that I read, which was Pants of Perspective, I haven't read Llama Drama, which I really need to read as well. Um, but this account of you running barefooted across the whole of Britain, I just absolutely adored. And it's just so much more than a running book as well, as we were chatting about just earlier. Um, but I suppose, first of all, um, we should probably cover like the the why, why and the how of the the barefoot running experience. So um, can you just for anyone who was living in a cave and didn't know that you were running barefoot? Foot across Britain what gave you the idea first and foremost to to do it without shoes on
2: yeah you're so right and it's something I forget to say quite often if I'm giving a talk or even in the book I had to redo the whole start of the book because I hadn't explained it because I just take it for granted I'm like well basically it was I thought I want to do a long run I want to do it for girl guiding I want to do it in Britain and then it was just Okay, if I'm doing this run for girl guiding and I'm, and what's my message? And I thought, well, I'm talking to these girls about being brave and pushing yourself. And then I thought, okay, if I do a long run in trainers, I think I can do it. Like being honest, I just, I've done it before. So therefore, logically, you know, there's evidence there that says I can do a long running trainers. So I just thought, I'm not doing what I'm asking these young girls to do. So how can I make it more difficult? And this just, I'd read Born to Run and I'd read like loads of other, you know, minimalist running books. And crazy little thought just went in my head like well why are you doing bare feet there you go there you
1: go yeah I actually got a boardroom
2: just here it props up my computer I love I love it, like, <laughs> hanging out next to him in the charts it's brilliant Oh uh, <laughs> wow that's cool yeah um so uh, it was just a crazy thought of how can I make it more of a challenge and the the next thought that came into my head was don't be ridiculous you can't do that like straight away just dismissed it And I know enough now to know that you shouldn't always listen to that second voice that completely dismisses it. Like, don't be ridiculous. You just can't full stop. And I thought, well, could I like, is that mad? And so it wasn't from any point of view of like, we should all be barefoot. It wasn't like some evangelist thing. It was just literally, how can I make this run more of a challenge? How can I push my body therefore my mind a bit more and how can I set myself a goal that is just terrifying so that when I'm on this journey to talking to these young girls, I am actually walking the walk. You know, I'm actually doing what I'm asking them to do. I'm saying oh, I'm doing it as well. Look, I'm terrified. Um, so that was the why, really, um, which is a bit of a convoluted way of saying make it as hard as possible. <laughs> but it wasn't just for the pure like pain of it. You know, it was it was there was a reason behind it. I was like, I have, you, you've got to if you're trying to advocate for something, you have to be that thing. Otherwise, it's just words, isn't it, really? So um yes that was the why I'm so glad
1: yeah yeah no it's really really interesting because yeah like doing it in shoes you know you just get up and go for a run every day and you've done that before so yeah I totally totally get it um and I thought it was really interesting the way you explained people's reaction to that in the book you know like you call it the fear vomit um you know people would just write they would just shout you're wearing no shoes and you were like (laughs) oh oh am I?
2: i <laughs> couldn't hold it in. It was like, Oh my god, you've got no shoes on I was like, yeah, I I really no. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was such like you say, it was a it was a really like almost a physical reaction they had to it. They couldn't hold it in. They just had to tell me I had no shoes on. It yeah. was so
1: yeah because yeah. once um I, it was way it was one i was reading board run actually i walked through like the whole of london on the tube and like i it was really hot so i took took my shoes off and yeah. it was really comfy because the tube is nice like there's hardly any grit and stuff it's very clean and loads of people like this little girl turned around she was like mommy that girl's got new shoes on it really is a social thing it's a really weird social thing to do isn't it wear no shoes whereas yeah. in new zealand they go around in oh. no shoes all the time Do you know what? That's why I couldn't fit it in the book. But there was a whole section I'd originally
2: written about. I went. I moved to New Zealand for like five months before the run, partly because I was like, I think I can run around barefoot there, and no one will bat an eyelid. And they didn't. They were like, Oh, go on! Like they loved supermarket and bare feet. Whereas I got thrown out of. uh, I got thrown out of several supermarkets in the UK when I was in bare feet. Thrown out. Yeah, health and safety. Health and
1: Um, safety. Oh my god wow yeah yes, you're right I suppose so, so, if you tread on a squashed grape then you might sue them i mean god forbid you know yeah <laughs> oh my goodness that's so interesting yeah because I was in New Zealand for a few few weeks and I saw loads of people around the supermarket with bare feet and their their feet looked like this and yeah. our feet look like this don't they yeah. and yeah. yeah so yeah I wear wide foot shoes that's a whole other story um but yeah that, that's it's fantastic I think it's brilliant um and the book does cover a little bit about how you trained as well um can you tell us a little bit more about how you um trained because you can't just like go from wearing shoes to oh I'll run no. thousands of miles barefoot
2: No, and I'm always really clear um, when I'm trying to tell the story, especially, like, into an audience in in, person on stage or whatever, saying, like, I had done as much barefoot running as most of you in the audience have, which is zero at that point. You know, I I hadn't. Um, And so it was how do I get there? And I I thought off the bat, I thought, I think I need to take this seriously. Not, you know, not like don't take my challenges seriously, but naivety is my friend. I just go, oh, I'll just, like, work it out. I'm sure my body will adapt, but... um, (laughs) This one, I went, OK, it's going to be quite public. I need to actually make sure I can make the miles. Um, so, yeah, I just started. like I just thought I'll try different things. And I started with a barefoot run off the bat, just went 20 minutes. It was a complete disaster. Um, and I think I worked out it was a disaster, not only just because it was a shock, but also because you're not trying to change just the surface of your feet uh, itself. You're actually trying to change like what your ligaments and muscles are used to doing. And they've been doing it for Your whole life you know they've been used to being supported um and my achilles was just grumbling like crazy for about six months um so i just basically sought out experts i thought i need to ask for help and advice from people who know about running you know gait and feet specifically like there was loads of stuff going on at um uh Queen Mary's University in Twickenham there was a guy studying ultra runners feet so I went and had a big chat with him and just trying to understand the intricacies of feet and just basically go right I've got some experts now that tell me I'm not completely mad it's possible and I've taken bits of their advice and then smushed it together and kind of made my own training plan basically of like slowly slowly catchy monkey that was it <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, and yeah, the book is so honest as well about everything, and you know the highs and lows of the trip. Um, uh, but I'm just interested to know. Um, having read a couple of your books, and I, I know you've written cycling books as well. Um, have you always been a runner? Um, like, um, can you just tell everybody a bit about your background in sport in general?
2: Yeah, Uh yeah, I think I I think I have. I think in a, a the good thing is I never pushed my running. Um, to a really I to say serious point, but I never pushed it to a point where I ever resented it or didn't enjoy it. And so I think that served me really well in later years because I basically like, oh, my, my first memories are of running. I, I think I've got a really early memory of, I think you were supposed to be nine years old. It was an Epsom oddballs race around a hospital in Epsom. And my parents let me run, even though I was only six. And my mum says to me, she said, I just couldn't believe how hard you pushed yourself. Like, it was insane. And I had to drop out before the last lap. My dad had to scoop me up and give me Ribena because... I couldn't breathe and I remember the taste of lactic acid and I'm like I was six like that's my first memory um but I just wanted to run I was like I just want to run um and then all through like I did loads of other sports you know netball hockey football that stuff um and rowing was my big sport and I and as a rower rowers are notoriously bad at running and anything coordinated because we. because you just sit yeah, down got, doing this we just sit down we do weight we do we don't do weight bearing exercise you know everyone's got really they're very tall quite cumbersome so um notoriously rowers aren't great at running but I always used to do really well on our kind of cross training days and stuff and I'd really enjoy the chance to run so when I retired from rowing in my 20s running was just this thing that was like free and easy and I started working in the corporate world and I'd run to work with my laptop on my back and um so yeah, running's always been there for me, and it's always been this release, this like time for me, and just a way to get from A to B and just go. Oh, God, let's go and have some fun and dress up and run for you know a couple of days or whatever. And um yeah, and thankfully I've got a body that I think because I've always done it just a little bit, um it's able to do it. Although I definitely need to train um if I'm doing a long one now. <laughs>
1: it's like, I know what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. we're approaching the whole like end of our 30s business but <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know about you actually you're probably younger than me you? <laughs> oh, oh my god I'm 38 and, oh,
2: uh, I'm 39 <laughs> yeah so um no I, and I love running I just absolutely I absolutely love it I just and and it's so hard when you're pregnant as well like not not running for bits oh, of it tell or me about it <laughs> and then after the baby as well like I just I, I see people out running on new year's day and I was like oh my god I want to be that person. <laughs> it's cold and it's wet and I want to be out there running yeah yeah
1: it is. It's really hard. I know, and it's only like for a short time in your life, like you know, a, few, yeah. a couple of years. It's nothing compared to like our whole life. But it, it really is hard, isn't it? Um, yeah. And but uh, we're talking about hard things, actually. <laughs> My next question is, um, uh, what was the hardest part of the challenge? Because I I love how the book is not only about running, but it's about um, it's about your mental highs and lows. Like you get an injury at one point, and and it's about how you're pushing yourself inside your head. As well as your body um is what is the hardest part is it the organizing because you seem to never stop like you did bathmin as well which was like bath admin um I I know when you came to ours, you did some bathmin as well and (laughs) you were doing organization and running and you didn't get downtime particularly like you had to stay with hosts and then I know I know what it's like because I've done like a six-day thing around the Isle of Man but sometimes you just want to go to bed Uh, but you've got to be polite to these hosts and have dinner with them and stuff and so what would you say was the hardest part of the challenge?
2: Um, I think it was that continuously being on and, and I'd done it all myself. You know, I, I, I'm that kind of person that will layer it on and layer it on and layer it on until I break. And if I'm not completely broken, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit more space in there. Let's cram <laughs> stuff in. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, but it kind of had to be like that because of, you know, what I wanted it to create. I mean, I didn't have any idea it would create what it did in terms of the number of people involved and everything. Um, but it, it really had to be like that. And that was, that was really difficult sometimes because sometimes I just wanted to switch my phone off for just not even 24 hours, but just five hours. I just want to switch wow. my phone off. But, you know, if I did... I would potentially miss an opportunity to like talk to the press for girl guiding on their behalf or I might miss some kind of crucial piece of logistical information so um yeah that was really hard but I have to say being older and wiser when I did this run what I did do is um I'm like I sit in the middle of the introvert extrovert scale oh, okay so, I, I did know that if I spent every night staying with people, I would burn out because, you know what you say, like, you sit down, you want to have dinner. Like, you know, it's different because I knew you already before I came and stayed with you. So I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's, it's a different vibe. But, yeah, you but I
1: remember we watched something on telly that was like a bit like uh they just started talking about sex or something and like we were there with my parents and I was just yeah. like oh hope Anna's okay or oh. we're just it's sat here with my parents and it was a bit cringy Yeah. but I'm sure you were fine <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So cool. you probably yeah. don't even remember but I do I was like oh no, <laughs> no don't That's weird. <laughs> tough. I don't know if it was animals mating or something like that but it was just like oh. <laughs>
2: romantic yeah <laughs> um Uh, yeah but what I did do is I blocked out certain I grayed out certain days on the spreadsheet um that said okay these days I need if I'm in a city normally I was like I just need to go and book myself into some travel dodge or like whatever or some budget hotel and I just need to just just be let's have some space and time so I did do that I think it was once once a week or something I had a grayed out line that said okay that's a rest day in terms of um I'm not with any hosts, Um, I might still be doing a talk or something, but I've got that time for me, Um, yeah
1: yeah so you had that booked in yeah that's interesting that you'll say you said you're in the middle of the introvert extrovert scale because I would have thought that you are like a total extrovert but that's exactly. only because when I see you it's at like the national running show or Kendall Mountain Festival and you're like on you know on no. so yeah I, that's really yeah, interesting
2: I, explain, I think I think well our, our understanding of introversion and extroversion is about loudness mm. it's not about which is actually it's about where you get your energy from isn't it ah, so yeah mm-hmm. experts draw their energy from other people and I definitely draw half my energy from other people but I draw half of it from sitting on my own like reading a book in a coffee shop like yeah. so it's and and it's and it's hard because people go oh I thought you were an extrovert and I feel like I'm being fake yeah but I you've got blue it.
1: hair of course you're yes, an extrovert I, do. I, do, <laughs>
2: but I just I love people I absolutely love it but I get it's like I'm like a child at a party like I've had too many party rings and I run around and I'm jacked <laughs> sugar, I'm and then I'm like okay I need to lie in a quiet dark room to like
1: recharge
2: yeah yeah so that's yeah
1: it's getting the balance right and as you get older you you really do understand yourself more don't you it's like yeah Yeah. I totally know what you mean
2: I think that's it (laughs) I've always been that way I now only understand why when I used to go on nights out when I was a teenager I used to go and sit in the toilet for five minutes just to have five minutes of peace in the nightclub I'm
1: like I wasn't weird I'm just a bit introverted sometimes yeah I wasn't just doing a really long poo (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to bring in one of the live questions um, right now because... uh oh, yes. As a, as, a, as a lovely live question from Br- Brian, uh, Hi, Brian. Brian. Brian Mosley, who says, wow, is this live now? What a thrill. <laughs> we love Brian. Um, please tell us all about... Uh, oh, I've put something in the way. Um, please tell us all about the impact on your feet. Um, how long did it take to adapt, which you kind of covered in the training. And also who yeah. wants to know about sharp rocks, glass and concrete?
2: Oh yeah, good one, good question, Brian. So yeah, it took about 18 months probably to get me to a point to being able to run 20 odd miles barefoot. Wow. And then um, basically, and then during the run, it probably took about six weeks to build up even more of that like hard skin. And I guess my um, my skin, the, the soles of my feet got to the point where, you know, if you you sort of scratch your your palm of your hands, your your fingernails dig in a little bit. But my feet were at the point where there's just it was like they would just shoot off it, you know that they were really just sh- wow. sort of very very thick by sort of six weeks into the run. Um, but the annoying thing was is I thought I was going to be able to just dance over gravel at some point during the run. It wouldn't bother me. And I think the reality is just because i had done, I'd, by that point, i had done 34 odd years in shoes and my feet were never going to get to the point where, you know, if I'd grown up in a country where I hadn't worn shoes. So um, they got strong to a point, um, but then I had to be very mindful of surfaces. And I mean, sometimes my days would just live and die by the surfaces I was coming across because... Wow. You can imagine you get a sandy beach or, or grass or um, or mud, even a forest floor, like the pine, spongy pine needles on a forest floor, moss, all that stuff. You just, you got very good at just looking at the trail ahead and almost scanning. Like it, it really affected your, um, where you look when you run as well. Cause I had to look like down the trail ahead, but I'd scan, do a quick scan and be like, don't need to worry for the next 30 seconds. You know, I'm good. Um, but if I was on gravel or rocks or any, or around a city, especially, I'd have to be like looking down quite a lot, um, which gave me a bit of a sore neck sometimes, but also just constantly like your brain is constantly trying to process what's in front of you. Um, So I guess the short answer is I never got able to run over absolutely everything. And some surfaces were definitely more of a pain in both senses, like literally mentally and physically than others. Um, And I really appreciated a good stretch of sandy beach or smooth tarmac, country back roads, Actually, where the car's tyres have gone and worn, worn the tarmac down. Smooth as baby's bum. Just used to run down- little street, loved it
1: <laughs> lovely yeah I do remember that I remember in Coventry um where I met you because I'm from Coventry so Anna stayed with my parents whilst um <laughs> whilst she was doing that section we met the diver statue and I remember you telling us that you really wanted to run on like the the white lines um oh, yeah. the white yeah. lines down like down the road like the you, and when there was a bus lane there was a slightly wider one so you yes. didn't have to do like a a, a ballerina yeah. tread um of one foot in front of the other you could actually run semi-normally on the big big white lines so I remember that and whenever I see them now I, I always think of that moment <laughs> like, yes that's it so I'm such
2: a loser I know it was such a <laughs> um a challenging patience as well because if I had if I had somewhere to be at a certain time it I had to try and work out how long it was going to take me to get there. But if I came across that, my mind, the, the speed I was going could vary so much depending on what I came across surface yeah. wise. So sometimes it would really frustrate me. And then other times, if I didn't have anywhere to be, I'd be like, oh, whatever, this, you know, this section's going to take me ages, but it's fine. But other times it was really frustrating. So, um, yeah, it was very mentally tough. I think that took me a while to get used to.
1: Yeah and and you said also that you could talk about different types of poo until the cows oh. came home because there was lots of different types of poo that you could step in <laughs> yeah
2: everybody's so funny especially kids they're all obsessed with yeah. poo and everyone's like oh my god you would have stepped in poo and I'm like poo is just not the worst thing in the world to step in at all like it's fine it's great there's like you grass in it and um, yeah I mean sheep poo was my favorite yeah. because it's so like squishy and it doesn't seem like <laughs> mushroom between your toes um dog dog poo still remains the worst kind mm. of poo like horse poo's fine cow poo not problem um, but, but dog poo is just so sticky. It literally like clings to your feet and it just stinks.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like the worst kind of poo. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So I stepped in more agricultural poo than I did like dog poo, thankfully. Yeah. No cat poo though, but cat poo is pretty hard. You could probably just like yeah. kick it out. Way, be
1: fine yeah and you don't tend to come across a lot of cat poo, like no there,
2: just in your living room or in the corner of your yeah. dining dining room yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and and what was the absolute worst thing that you stepped in I know you stepped in something that was kind of rotten and dead at one point
2: oh my gosh yeah that was I was on this road and I was in the Yorkshire Dales actually and I I'd, I'd got I hadn't got lost because I knew I was lost but I knew I knew where I was but I'd taken a wrong turn and I was like oh no I better check where I need to be going and um I just step back and I put my heel in something cold and wet and I my brain just went oh it's a bit of mud or poo or whatever I'll look in a minute and then I, I was looking at my phone and then I, I looked down a couple minutes later and I basically my heel was in the stomach of a dead rabbit like oh. a road hill. and oh my god it was just I can still see it now it poor little bunny and I just oh it was just disgusting it was absolutely disgusting it was all slimy and um and I kept going back and looking at it and being like oh my god and I just felt really bad for the rabbit and yeah so um definitely a dead animal that was the worst thing I've stepped in yeah oh
1: yeah oh that's that's so horrible yeah poor bunny um and I remember reading you got a bit of grit stuck in your foot two bits of grit at one point and I was like how is she running on this grit like oh surely like she needs to like but your body sort of expelled it didn't it that was really interesting
2: yeah and it's so hard to explain that because if you said to me now oh you've got a piece of grit stuck in your foot like it would really hurt because my soles are really soft but if you can imagine I had kind of like 10 layers of hard skin built up so like if you think about where the hardest skin on your foot is at the moment and then add on 10 more layers it can go in quite a big way yeah. and always not touch your most sensitive part of your foot if that makes sense because it's like yeah. an arm on there yeah. um and so it would they did annoy me at the start. And then but yeah, I basically watched over the course of ten days my body just wall it off, like put this extra hard layer of skin around it, and then just gradually push it out of my foot. So every morning it was closer to the surface. Yeah. And I was just I just thought it was amazing. I you know really mean, really it was cool. annoying for the first few days. But then after that, I knew that if I got a piece of grit stuck in there, and it was normally from a really fine gravel trail or something, um, then it would just take 10 days and you know and then the grit would be gone so I just need to get through the first few days and everything would be better after that
1: yeah wow you're you're totally nails if I had grit in my foot I'd be stopping (laughs) (laughs) but there but there was at one point wasn't there where you did have to stop for a bit wasn't there where your foot got infected how did you get was it a cut that you got like just a really innocuous cut that you got and then it really don't
2: Yeah, still yeah. to this day, I don't know what went in there, but it, yeah. it like went in, came out and it was, I can't even explain how tiny this cut was. It was probably two millimeters across wow. and it was no, I'd had bigger cuts before basically. And so I just cleaned it. I think my mistake was probably, um, I, I didn't probably pay enough attention to it as I should have done. So I probably should have got on the cleaning it earlier. And I think I stood in a river at the end of the next day. I ran 19 miles on it and it was a little bit sore, but I was like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, they're always fine, these cuts. And then my foot just literally blew up, and um, and that was a whole mix of things—frustrating, excruciating, embarrassing. You know, all of the stuff that all the naysayers about the run would be saying, like, "What happens if you step on something that hurts your foot?" And there it happened. You know, I just felt like an absolute idiot. Um, <laughs> but I'm so grateful because it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruin the book, but basically, like, it was, it was a long time off my feet, but I was able to get going again. But the hardest part of the whole run was that sitting still and. You know, you know it's like when you can't run, Claire. You're just like you got bananas, and um, and also knowing you can't run, but then you don't know when you can run again. Like that is just, which a lot of people have with injuries, don't they? You know, you just you just got to be patient, and patience is really annoying. And (laughs) did you
1: did you think at that point were you thinking, oh my god, I might have to jack the whole thing in?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I and that's why I talked through with Jamie my other half. I was saying to him. I think you have to go to that place sometimes, you know, because what's worse is you're thinking, oh, what if this happens? But then if you go there and go, OK, worst case scenario, this is the end of the run. I was a thousand miles in and I thought, you know, I, I will have to be OK with that. And I just have to go. I still ran a thousand miles, you know, with no shoes on. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to carry on. I really wanted yeah. to carry on. So yeah.
1: And it's yeah. like, it's just, it's only a little break. I mean, you could have taken a month and then carried on. Like you still would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. yeah.
2: That's the thing as well, because the seasons were looming in and I was thinking oh, the, the longer seasons, I take yeah. off, um, I don't, I could have run through winter, but I thought I don't want to run through winter. So therefore all I'm doing is missing miles, you know, as in like I'm doing, I'm going to have to just take this chunk of time out. And that was just like every day I was like, that's another 20 miles, like gone. Yeah. I'm not going to get them back. You know, there's no time.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. Like, I, I loved how the book covered the mental side of things as well. So it's kind of, like I read it as kind of like a bit like a self-help book because I was thinking, oh, she's explained how she's dealt with this and she's explained how she deals with this. And like you go into a little bit of detail, well, no, quite a lot of detail about like how you deal with times of depression and how, um, uh, yeah, just... Oh, I've, ri- I've written loads of notes here about how amazing it was. Let me just <laughs> remind myself. Um, yeah, just like coping with worry, yeah, as well. Um, you've got this really beautiful way of describing coping with worry, and it's like beautiful butterflies in your stomach. And um, so, and there was something about social media as well, um, uh, like how you how you deal with the social media comments. And it's, it's just really nice, and it's just really refreshing to get a book that's so honest. And I oh. just... I just really, really loved it, as well as your um, book recommendations as well, Michelle Obama's autobiography and how you love Tina Turner and Lizzo. So, yeah, there's just <laughs> loads of really nice otherly recommendations, because, of course, you're not just a runner. You're a person that does all sorts of adventures. So I just thought that was really refreshing. So oh, I just, just thought I'd you. go well, on about yeah. that a bit. So <laughs>
2: no, that, I mean, that's the thing that connects us all, isn't it? That is the way we all think about those things, no matter what the challenge is those thought processes are the things that actually where the common ground is between a lot of us so um thank you yeah because I had to work really hard to do that because sometimes you think things that you don't want to put into writing yeah um, and so I, it was a bit scary to repeatedly do that um but also I'm a psychology graduate like my background's in psychology so basically these adventures are just a way for me to like mess around with what's going on in my brain <laughs> do a um, big experiment a yeah basically yeah. like oh, happens if I do that oh I break and I cry okay cool (laughs) okay Um, so yeah yeah no I I enjoy that chat as uh, equally as much as the kind of the wilderness adventure running chat I love the mindset stuff as well so yeah good I'm glad that came across
1: yeah no it's it was amazing I just I love the book I think you're a great writer and, and that yeah I just think it's brilliant um and uh I just wanted to understand a little bit about um I don't think we've talked enough about these amazing brownies and guides that you met along the way um what how important was it to you to keep going and speaking to all these girl guides because like not only are you running and not only are you running barefoot not only are you like sorting out loads of logistics daily but you're also giving talks as well on the way like how on earth did you find the energy to do that it's just so fantastic how important is yeah. it to chat to those girls <laughs> yeah
2: I don't know sometimes I was like, like. I was like, what what am I doing? This is too much. <laughs> um, but they, I mean, selfishly, they would give me energy. I would, oh. I, I would end a day and think, Oh my God, I just wish I could just crawl into bed right now. Literally at six o'clock I want to go to sleep. Um But then I mean, you just within five minutes of even just walking in the room, not even talking to the girls, like you walk in the room, they'll go, oh, she's here. Yeah. And because and I've got, you know, at that point I've got pink hair, I've got tattoos and, you know, I'm just, I, I think to some of them, especially in the Shetland Islands, the, the one of the leaders said to me, I think they're a bit bewildered by you like they're not used to seeing people like you know it's really funny um and so and so it just makes me laugh within a few minutes I'm laughing and then I start telling stories and you know what kids are like and their energy it's just you get carried along and before I know it you know I normally was given like a half an hour talk but I was there for an hour hour and a half or whatever um and then the time's gone and then you just leave and you're buzzing because some of the things they've said or the adventures they've said they want to go on and and even if it's not sporting, like, I just was trying to understand, like, what is it that you want to do and see if I could just. Yeah. And I just always yeah. think if I left there and even just one girl thought differently about her ability to do something that she really wanted to do, then that was that's all you can ever do, isn't it? You're trying to just it's great to do math stuff, but you sometimes need to get right down to the one person level. Yeah. Um, so um yeah and it seemed to do that with a lot of them so that just it just would fuel me on for the next one I'm like this is so worth it it's absolutely worth it like Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. And it was about more than you, wasn't it? I just, I really got that from the book and you just felt like you were, uh, as it went on, you were part of this like big kind of whirlwind going down the UK, yeah. whipping up everyone. And... i was just clinging on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, And I, I just love this little, I hope I'm not spoiling the book for anyone, but it, it says, uh, you said at one point that the brownies were like, oh, you've got pink hair. And you said, yeah, I've got pink hair because my mum is a unicorn. And I just thought, yeah. oh, that's so funny. <laughs> (laughs) That's so wonderful. I love that. Some of them, if they were young
2: enough, you could actually convince them that I was born with pink hair. It was it was really (laughs) sweet. I shouldn't lie to children. I was like, "Are you not not born with pink hair?" And they were like, "No, my hair was brown when I was born." And I was like, "Oh my my God,
1: hair was pink." (laughs) (laughs) oh I think it's lovely it's just really lovely um and uh yes what what was the best part then so like speaking to the brownies and guides like sounds like a really good part but was there one single best part or was there Was there just certain times Um, when you were like, yeah, this is the best idea I've ever had in my life?
2: (laughs) I think um, selfishly, I mean, the most the most amazing thing about the run was the amount of people that got involved, both like the everyday runners that came out and run with me and the girl guiding community that that was the most amazing standout thing. But selfishly, the best moments were like, I think there was one day where I was running across the Yorkshire Dales and the sun was going down and the surface was great beneath my feet and I was barefoot and I just thought this is awesome like this is what running is about you know that kind of just um the connection to the landscape the feeling like I was in it and I was a part of it and I'm using my body and I'm human powered and I'm sweaty and like that to me was just like those moments I had a few of them and there was like one in Scotland where it happened when I was running up this mountain there's always in the evening time and there's you know there's that beautiful quiet in the evening sometimes isn't there if you're out in a countryside um Those were the moments where I was like, this is the best idea I've ever had. I'm so glad that I'm here. This is just gorgeous. And because I'm barefoot, I'm able to experience it fully. You know, there's literally nothing between me and this earth, it's it's amazing, yeah
1: awesome that, it does sound beautiful like and you describe those moments beautifully in your book like I particularly love that one where you just like put your head straight down in the moss and you were oh, just yeah. breathing in the, the moss, moss. you were <laughs> like oh it smells so mossy <laughs> that was just brilliant um and, and um yeah, I just, uh, I just thought that your idea of having an adventure pace was really good as well, because, um, you know, people were joining you and they were like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to be get, able to keep up with Anna, but you were like, no, everyone, slow down. You're you're only running for, like, five, <laughs> t- 20 miles. I've been running for 1,000. And I thought it was so good the way a load of people that you ran with, they'd only run, like, five miles before, and then all of a sudden they were joining you for 20 miles, and, and you were compass meant us enough all the way through all of the running to realize and to help those people like you still had the energy to be excited for them and I just thought that was really cool as well
2: yeah it was all
1: it was a really nice
2: distraction actually because if you know if every if it was all about just me and my run like it just it was too much it's like you don't want to talk about yourself or think about yourself that much I mean it's just too much so When people would come out and I'd I'd go, oh, that's one of those people, okay. And I'd never catch it at the start because everyone would say, oh, I'm just going to run this many miles. I'm like, whatever, cool, like, you know, do whatever you want. And then I'd start realising and that sort of person or a couple of people would sort of emerge from the group and I'd go, oh, wow, they're really like, they've gone into the pain cave and I can't explain it because I've not asked them to do it. No one's asked them to do it. Something inside themselves has said, I want to run further than I ever have done today. And they're doing it and they didn't expect to do it. And um, I mean, how can you not get excited about that? It's just like, you just know that, They're going to go home that night. They're going to have a bath and a cup of tea and they're going to wake up next morning and go, right, what next? Like, what can I what what am I capable of now that I've gone past that place where I always just told myself I couldn't do it. And, um, yeah, really, really special. And then there were so many people I, I couldn't. I think there are a couple of examples of that in the book, but there were so many more that I couldn't put in the book because yeah. you know you get this, right? You're an editor. The editor was like, uh, you're kind of saying the same thing over and over again. You just need to take pick one story. And I was like, Oh God, it's so hard. Um, so yeah, there were some other just fantastic people. Like there was, there was a nurse called Amy who'd come off like a double, this isn't in the book. She'd come off a double night shift and, um, and she, she was like eight o'clock in the morning, and she said, I'm just gonna run a few miles. of only like, she, she'd run a half marathon years ago, but she came out and ran like 22 miles. Wow. And she had three kids at home. She had like postnatal depression. She'd gone through it all. And we were just like feeding her jelly babies. She was roaring like a lion by the end. This is on the outskirts of Leeds. And I'm like cheering her into this car park, like near Barnsley somewhere, like, oh, well done, like this. And just tears <laughs> coming down my face
1: mm <laughs> it's so life-affirming isn't it I feel like you went round the UK like planting all these little seeds like in young minds in adults minds and like everyone who joined you I think it was like a thing of joy a whirlwind of joy is how I would describe this run and and you in general I think it's brilliant um, uh-huh. and I do I, also I was thinking about this when when I met you and when you came to stay you didn't smell at all I ran with you for a whole day you didn't smell at all and I suddenly thought in the book how is she not smelling because you do say at some point you were like oh my god it's not really bad but I, I don't think you did I think you really yeah I, don't really I literally
2: have had, what I, have, I had one set of running shorts one set of long legs and then two t-shirts so I was alternating them I think I'd chosen materials that were quite good you know oh, that yeah. were wicking or whatever yeah um, and then because I was staying with quite a lot of hosts I guess they would say can I wash anything oh, yeah. and Quite often, I'd go, yeah. Do you know what? Can you can you throw that in the wash, or just like it needs to be? And and it would dry quite quickly. So maybe that. The worst thing I smelled of though towards the end was T C P because <laughs> I started T C my feet. Um, because after the foot infection, it then healed, and I basically needed to keep it clean. And T C P just, I mean, it gets everywhere, and it stinks everything out. My I got the bag, but I, you know, that the big yellow, the big bag. yellow
1: bag, yeah, with all yeah. the signatures on. Yeah and I want to use it, but it smells of TCP
2: so much still, like oh. five years old, this is four years
1: old, or whatever. Oh, no. Crazy, <laughs> I know, I know. Can you fight um, it yeah. with Febreze? Can Febreze Maybe. and TCP have a fight?
2: Yeah, um, I need to really go at it. Yeah. I need to, something but um so but towards the end people would hug me and they'd say oh you smell of tcp and i go oh my god i'm so sorry And they said no, 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 no. that some people would really like it like oh this is really nice you smell like a hospital yeah. <laughs> was like, oh, no,
1: no. you smell clean at least yeah clean, yeah. And
2: that's good to know because i've hugged a fair few adventurers in my time and while they're on adventures, and i've sometimes gone a bit like whoa you do smell of like adventure mask yeah. <laughs> understandable but good that's a nice
1: way of putting it (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah oh well I laughed out loud at your book so many times I've I've folded over so many pages of really cool things that you've said i oh. love how you made up words and i'm going to ask you a bit about the writing part um now you made up words like you made, i hope i'm not spoiling the book like you must buy this book everyone just by don't the worry. Way, there's a link Try. in the film description the chat about
2: it don't worry about it it's good just go for
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> like I've, I've written notes i read anna's book and i wrote notes with page numbers and um uh, i really liked the fandango of runners because you didn't have a collective noun for runners so i thought that was great i was like she's shakespeare this woman a Rolando <laughs> which is a rollo and banana at the same time in your mouth that was around Anglesey um and also not only did you make up words but you introduced me to new words from other languages which is that's just so much in this book so I really liked your concept of I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right I think it's Portuguese querencia Currency, which, yeah. which is a, yeah. a home anywhere. And I feel like I have that too because anywhere, if I'm going on a trip and I put my backpack down and put all my things in and my little trip diary, I feel at home. Whereas yeah. my husband's very much like my house with all the things that I have yes. decorated in the house that is my home and I'm like I can feel at home anywhere like I yes, can just go anywhere it. and if I'm there you're there my you know if my mom and dad are there or my sister I feel at home and so that yeah. word that one word was it was really good to discover so thank you yeah. oh you're welcome yeah I love words like I think that's yeah. I've always
2: yeah. loved words since I was a kid and and those words because there's another one in the book um or oh, something yeah. which is another is that Portuguese word yeah and, I, 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 I come across one, these please. words and I sort of squirrel them away and I put them in like my bookshelf and then so then when I'm writing a new book I go oh I remember that word that's really yeah. appropriate for this. I'm trying to describe this feeling of home but I can't quite and then I go oh I remember that cool word I once learned about from another language so yeah cool I'm glad you appreciate that. Yeah, I I really did. I love words
1: yeah and I love the way that the book was teaching me stuff as well I was like not only am I just enjoying this entire story but it's actually teaching me stuff as well it's brilliant <laughs> um, I just want to um you out a couple of live comments just come back to the live if you've yeah, got any more it. questions for Anna everyone by the way um then just do feel free um but um Tad Cantwell says um hi really enjoyed Anna's Barefoot Run documentary um so uh, he's obviously watched you on um uh on the you were making a film of it weren't you
2: yeah there's a youtube series there's like 25 episodes or something little ones yeah yeah, yeah. they were really the cool. girls they were awesome but yeah i'm so glad i've got them because it's this yeah. video diary of yeah it's cool
1: yeah video diary um and of course um i made a little film as well of running with you, you um, which i'll put up here i'll try and remember to just put it up here uh, above anna's head will appear a little icon. you can watch it there we had a fantastic run, didn't we that day we we met sally and sally's in the book the she and, is. In Irish, yes. and i did want you to know i ate half a chocolate orange in preparation for this (laughs) conversation and it reminded me of her um but yeah that was a great day wasn't it running with sally dressed as an apple i think we were. she was
2: an apple she did she lend you the orange outfit i think think we were
1: both apples oh okay double apples well she she's called sally orange and she's like the fastest marathon runner wearing pieces of fruit isn't she as pieces of fruit yeah best
2: frame ever yes
1: Yes. so that was really cool wasn't it Um, yeah Oh, sorry. I was reading out New Year comments. Um, Peter says, Happy New Year. And Ian says, the world needs more people like Anna. Thank you. I really enjoy your adventures. Yay. Oh, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yes, writing the book. Um, So, yeah, writing takes a lot of energy and mental capacity. How on earth do you remember all the detail like I was just reading the book going how on earth does she remember like the smell of this and did you look at your photos and be like oh yes um this is this bit here because you're writing you're writing this a year two years later even yeah having had a baby and it's like how does she (laughs) remember did you write a diary
2: like yeah I did I think because this were this is what I've got a sixth book okay so um done five like adventure adult books so i i think by this point even at starting the run i i wasn't going into it going like it's all about writing a book but i knew i would write a book about it so i just had got i got better at documenting and but i always start off thinking i'm going to document this way so in south america or in new zealand i would document by i'd be in my tent at six o'clock at night in the middle of nowhere so I'd write notes yeah but I couldn't do that on this run purely because I was constantly on the go and when I stopped I was with someone
1: yeah
2: um so it's a bit rude if you're like hang on for five minutes while I just write my notes <laughs> you can go to the
1: also, toilet for five minutes yeah,
2: I'd do a little cheeky <laughs> toilet trip um but um, mostly I would actually do myself voice memos while I was on the run so I'd, I'd record voice memos and especially if I see something really beautiful I'd I'd start the voice recording and I'd talk, but then I'd like hold the phone up so you could hear it, like the trickle of a stream or the wind or something. And that would take me back to that place. Or I'd take a picture. Um, I'd take a picture. So in the Yorkshire Dales, for example, I ran through these like um, over Kidstone Pass. There's these amazing like limestone crags. Oh, and I was I was like, that's amazing. And there was the blue sky and the green of the the dales and I was this like they start line between the two and so I took a picture of it and then I went in on my map and I like circled in red on the map um so I took like a couple of minutes on the road to say oh this is that section this is where I am and this is the thing I'm excited about yeah. so that when I'm back through my photos I can go yeah it was sort of a lot of work um but and the video diaries helped but I didn't use them much I thought I'd use them more but yeah. it was almost too much information I always think the cool stories are in your head anyway and they're ready yeah. to come out so and you can't
1: have um, too much yeah. can you you've got to pick the highlights because you can't put everything in there oh
2: I wrote yeah. 190,000 words Claire and this was this is turned out 120 or something so the 70,000 words got cut
1: <gasps> you could before... publish it online somewhere <laughs> behind a paywall and all your biggest yeah. fans could yeah. like pay like 99p to read the rest oh. of it I would yeah <laughs> some cut scenes there's some cut scenes yeah. that are, are out there yeah, just cut. Um,
2: because there are whole characters I had to just remove because um, they just didn't fit with the, you know, like a good story needs to be like fast and then slow and then fast and then chop, chop, chop like that. And, and it was like it'd been too slow for too long and I had, they, I needed motion and I couldn't go into this three page thing about how wonderful this person was. So I had to take them out. <laughs> and but they're just sitting there so there are some cut scenes
1: yeah yeah oh i definitely just put it all online and yeah
2: to them actually i can send you the link to the cut scenes you can put it on the video if you want if people want to go and get the cut scenes you can do that yeah
1: yeah why not definitely send me everything Uh, like i think you've got like a certain amount of like there's lots of fans and then there's like a core group isn't there like hardcore fans will literally love anything you put out even if it was just like a cat sat on a mat it's like oh my god Anna wrote that Ah." (laughs) and i just wanted to ask you as well um how you fitted it in with having Storm as well because having had Finley at a, quite a similar time I think you had Storm like a little bit before yeah a month before I had Finley. Yeah, 19th of
2: December she is yeah oh, when's Finley? 19th fin-
1: of January, January. An, exactly go. a month before uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got like similar time frames here and I'm just like I'm just sitting there thinking how on earth did she fit in this level of good quality work like I was barely hanging on I was just like I'll oh, yeah. just type out that thing now I'll just speak like this and I was just like oh my god how just how's her brain working on minimal sleep how did you fit it in
2: um oh in little bursts, but also it took me so long to write this book I mean so I did it in 2019 and I'd written a huge chunk of it before we went into lockdown and I thought, great, I'll use lockdown to finish it off. And I was pregnant with Storm. And I had to park it because I wasn't in the headspace. I just couldn't work it out. So I had written a lot of it. It was still a complete mess. Um, But but then when Storm came along, it was just like if I could get an hour here or there. I don't know about you, but I became so much more efficient when you have a kid. You go, what did I do with my time before I had a child? Yeah, Um, if I had an hour it was like go 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 I literally had a table at the bottom of my garden in the summer so I'd go down there noise cancelling headphones on and yeah, um, sit under gosh. this little tree with a like a like an artist table my laptop or and um, we live next to a like a, a country park like Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust and there's a cafe there so I'd literally like run over there because the five minutes running over there was really important like I needed that time yeah, 45 awesome. minutes of editing or writing and it was just like chip 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 and the, the the you know in a dream world I wouldn't have bought out a book just before I'm about to have twins because I don't have the chance to like do all the stuff you need to yeah. do when you bring a book out but I just thought right now I when I knew we were having a baby I thought okay I need you know I need to get this book out I could probably get it out maybe after the baby's born and then when I found out we were having twins I was like oh this book needs yes. to come out before these <laughs> babies do because yeah I'm not gonna have time yeah. so um yeah, you just cram it in. I think the the short answer as well is it became my number one priority. I had to, if I had an hour, it had to be on the book. Yeah. Um, which which is great because I love I love you know writing. I even like I enjoy the editing process even yeah. even though it's laborious and hard. Yeah. Um, you can yeah, tell. It had to literally- so
1: it holds yeah. together really well and that's why I knew that you would you were going to say you had to snatch like hour-long chunks and I was like but it doesn't seem like that from the book because it feels like <laughs> you sat down and you just went like that yeah. like it, it feels really coherent and together and I, I just think that's that's amazing what you did well like, that, knowing fair, full I mean, well before, what you went through
2: <laughs> yeah you're an editor though as well and that is credit to the two I have two fantastic editors and the first one is a structural editor oh. and she um although she said this is the least amount of work I've had to do on any of your books which was I was like oh but I've learned from her as the years have gone on
1: um
2: and then the other one was similar but they they add that extra bit of like tightening and they're really honest of like why are you going off on one about you know viaducts (laughs) looking like giant's legs it's like not relevant Anna and I'm like but they
1: really do look like giants in the landscape and they're
2: like yeah
1: they are oh, yeah. Yeah. I get it yeah oh well that's just fantastic um, well the book is brilliant um, I just think everybody should buy this book uh, it will inspire you to go on your own running adventure I think um, and there is a link in the film description below um, or you can just google it um, and uh, I, I I do have do, do you have time for just one more live question yeah Anna? do it. Um, sorry, with I'm, it sorry I couldn't answer everybody's questions um, uh, this is from trail running phil who says anna mcnuff what a legend so <laughs> Bye, phil got quite a few fans watching here um uh he says uh, and how is adventure man doing as well anna um and he wants to know apart from the whole twin thing um is there any future plans that you can talk about but i suppose I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to think about anything beyond having tunes. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I, mean, I think the thing is, me and Jamie, a.k.a. Adventure Man, we, you know, Jay, for anyone who doesn't know, he's, like, run across Canada dressed as a superhero, run across America, cycled from Bangkok back to Gloucester. Like, he we both are cut from the same cloth we just we love adventures in our bones um but equally both of us are like we've probably got five years where the kids are going to be at that stage where their, like their needs are really important and it's about snatching little adventures where we can like we took storm to thailand for like three months last winter because british winters can get a bit hard and i was like we don't need to be here so little things like that and um so no plans for like a big a big adventure um, for a while but I think it's just going to be smaller adventures and you can still get that like that hit you know that feeling hit and also I'm really excited about it because I think a lot it's a lot more accessible to a lot of people these smaller things you know things I can go and do in a weekend or things where Jamie can we've just had to buy a god-awful big car that can fit three children in and,
1: and I'm <laughs> like bus.
2: Where, yeah I know things where he can drive that alongside and I can like do a half marathon and then we can swap and we can maybe oh. like tag team a trail or something I don't yeah. know um you'll have to get so, a
1: really yeah. big trailer for the bike I saw that trip that you did in France with Storm on the back of the bike yes. and that was really inspiring that that made me take Finley out for an hour on the bike because yeah. he's really active so I, I, I can't really pin him down for a long no, period of time yeah. but it, you gave me more confidence to just pin him down for an hour on the bike
2: yeah we basically worked out the best way to cycle tour with a child is you cycle while they're napping and that's yeah. like that's it and yeah. but then they've got this energy and you're knackered oh, um yeah. but yeah <laughs> no i'm definitely we're so and i say it to jamie all the time like we're not we're not stopping like i'm not stopping adventuring it's just going to be mm. different and it's just um yeah like how can we cycle tour with three kids like what does that look like yeah. what kind of weird tricycle contraption do we need to get to make that happen and um yeah, so there'll be lots of little adventures, I think, and I I think you can't you can't you can never suppress that sort of wonderlust for just even just the new and the different. So um, lots of little adventures. One day I would love to do a really big swim because I love swimming. Oh, really? So that is on the cards, but not for a few years, I reckon. Yeah, a really big
1: swim. Like who's really that guy? Um, Ru- Ross Edgley. Ross Edgley? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: and him and Sean yeah. they swam around the coast of Britain. No, yeah. I'm going somewhere warm. I'm going to Greece. Yeah. I'm eating fried cheese. Well, I'm watch drinking. Out
1: for sure sharks
2: yeah Eventually. that's it. oh yeah a few few sharks I might ride a few sharks
1: yeah
2: <laughs> uh yeah I definitely I love I love I read loads of books about swimming wild swimming I love I love cold I love cold swimming so brilliant. um yeah one day or maybe even like a swim run I love that combo as well I think it's brilliant oh,
1: yes I'm interviewing a lady in in next month who's just done the frog Graham round yes is, oh
2: brilliant yeah, yeah. She, that. she's yeah. just
1: done it and so I, I just thought that was fantastic and i think yeah. Vassos is getting into swimming so you know Vassos alexander yeah. he's really yeah. getting into open like cold water swimming as well so have you been swimming lately do you still swim still yeah, yeah. i do
2: yeah local lido stayed yeah. open through the winter really? and i was cold dipping with storm until like my first kid yeah. until i was overdue so i've been doing it with these two and even though i get to the lido and people are like oh is that safe you're pregnant i'm like it's the uh, it keeps me sane like yeah it so yeah. um there's not yeah, a lot of
1: research it. done into all that kind of thing is there and it's no just, it's really when hard you're to pregnant, everyone's midwifery. like oh don't do it just in case and it's really annoying
2: <laughs> yeah so
1: no, I, I spoke to i've
2: got a, a friend that wrote like she's written a couple of really famous midwifery books and i spoke to her about it I was like am i mad like what is actually happening like it to my placentas when i'm and she said they are fine like they are so cocooned in there like don't worry about it and you'll know mm. and and i think because i've always done cold yeah. water swimming it gives me like the benefit really outweighs for me yeah. anyway it's like if you love doing something just keep doing it yeah. and
1: keep doing yeah. it yeah i'm definitely all for that i think it's absolutely fantastic um that's brilliant well I'm aware that we're running out of time now I've got to let you get back to storm and um all your your day and preparing for the arrival of these exciting twins but I just wanted (laughs) to say thank you so much for chatting to us um really loved reading the book um and I hope that everybody else will buy it and really enjoy reading it too um if people want to follow you and your next your micro adventures then um how can they follow you Oh, just
2: put Anna McNuffin to Google social media. Luckily, I'm the only Anna McNuff in the world. I've got a really unused surname. Isn't that cool? Great. Yeah, don't search. Yeah, I know. It's good. Yeah, so it's pretty easy find me yeah but thank you Claire honestly this has been it's been you've been a breath of fresh air it's so lovely like to just oh, yeah oh. to talk about it like I've not done many chats about the book so it's just it's really it's really a pleasure I loved it
1: awesome that's fantastic oh thank you so much Anna it was lovely to speak to you um and yeah i uh, seeing lots of people writing I must get the book now <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you everyone you've sold at least one <laughs> cool right we'll say bye to everybody now we'll still be on skype but i'll say bye to everyone now and uh yeah get anna's book and read it immediately (laughs) bye (laughs)